with a reasonable answer for the hope that lies within us, this is Contending for the Faith with Dr. Jerry Buckner. And now, to introduce Dr. Jerry Buckner, here's Gary Bell. Well, good evening and welcome to another exciting edition of Contending for the Faith. We are the cutting-edge Christian apologetic ministry addressing the issues and challenges facing today's church. Live for the next hour with your host, Bay Area lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. Well, it's been almost four months now since the October 7th, 2023 Hamas attack on Israel, an attack that has become known as one of the bloodiest in Israel's history and the deadliest for the Jews since the Holocaust. We have seen and heard reports from the Middle East of the horrific atrocities and barbaric killings of Jews. However, in light of biblical prophecy and history, this is nothing new or surprising. Behind all of these heinous acts is none other than Satan and his demonic cohorts working in accordance to Ephesians 6.12, where it states, for we wrestle not against flesh and blood, but against principalities, against powers, against the rulers of the darkness of this world, and against spiritual wickedness in high places. You see, warfare is not only physical, but it's also spiritual. So stay tuned for part nine of our series entitled Genocide Attacking on Christmas. For we are not pretending, we are contending for the faith. Dr. Buckner, how are you tonight? Brother Gary, I'm truly blessed. And thank you so much for that uh, challenging and uplifting uh, introduction. And we want to thank everybody out there in Radio Land for joining us for another edition of Contending for the Faith. And we trust that you're going to be blessed and encouraged and touched by our program tonight. And uh, this has been quite a series. I know that... uh, We've been blessed by just teaching it, and I know you have been blessed by listening to it and applying this to your life and sharing it with others. And so we want to encourage you to get to uh, a table with uh, paper, pens, and your Bible and follow along with us as we teach and inform you about uh, the Word of God in relationship to the world by which we live. We're talking about this genocide attacking Christmas, and In this series, I have uh, talked about genocide on uh, many different uh, local levels. And I emphasize the word local levels through certain people in the Bible, such as uh, uh, Haman uh, during the time of Esther. Uh, He was a demon-possessed man, and Satan used him. Uh, And then uh, we learned about also Pharaoh, during the time of Moses, and uh, he was demon-possessed as well and commanded or charged all of his people, saying, uh, every son that is born you shall cast into the river, and every daughter you shall save alive. And isn't that interesting uh, to cast them into the river? Uh, Because if you ask the question, Uh, How did those babies die during the time of Moses? Well, uh, Pharaoh made sure that uh, the mothers commanded them and charged them uh, to uh, drown them in the Nile River. Uh, And isn't it interesting when you compare that to 
uh, all of those uh, military soldiers in uh, Egypt, how they pursued after the, uh, you know, children of Israel uh, in the wilderness, and they got to the Red Sea, and the Egyptians ended up drowning. Uh, that was one of the greatest massive baptisms that ever took place in the history of the world. Now, we go down in the water and come up alive. They went down in the water and came up dead. But what a comparison. Uh, you know, you reap what you sow, you know, and uh, he sowed into killing all these babies. And then when all of his military got in the middle of that Red Sea, they ended up all drowning. How about that? What a comparison. You know, you just can't uh, uh, get away from doing wrong against God. You will reap what you sow. And, you know, uh, don't worry about uh, those who are mistreating you. You just uh, let go and let God and turn them over to God. And God said he'll make your enemies your footstool. And it's better that a millstone was hung about their neck than the, and the cast in the sea than offend one of these little ones. Don't you try to fight the battle. You let the Lord fight the battle through you. And now, during the birth of Jesus, Herod was demon-possessed. He's another demon-possessed man and commanded the genocide of all the young boys two years and under. Look at all these demon-possessed persons. And we got uh, some men in leadership today that's demon-possessed too. And just like it was in Moses' day, Jesus' day, Esther's day, we still got demon-possessed leaders, and these men were leaders, but they, because they didn't follow God and do what God called them to do, they got possessed by the enemy, which is Satan. And I talked about also Adolf Hitler, another demon-possessed man, uh, committed uh, genocide and six million Jews and killed many Christians and even Jehovah's Witnesses uh, that... Uh, he killed probably about 1,500 Jehovah's Witnesses died during the Holocaust. And so this man went on a tear, and uh, he believed in that hollow earth where he communicated with demons and black magic. Look it up. You know, look at that hollow earth thing, and it'll shock you about Adolf Hitler. And now I want to say this and uh, bringing this thing home because we're closing up on this series tonight. What a series, but there was there's going to come on this earth in the future. I call him a future fearer uh, who will uh, be revealed according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. It talks about only he who now restrains will restrain until the restraint be uplifted. You know what that's talking about? There's a lot of interpretations on that, but I believe that that's saying that the Holy Spirit right now is the one that's restraining him because the Holy Spirit is the one that's at work today, and he is the one that's restraining the Antichrist from being unleashed. And when the Holy Spirit is taken out of the way, it doesn't say he's taken out of the world because he's going to continue to convict people during the tribulation period, a seven-year period and all. But when the restraint is unlifted, then all of the demons, the worst demons in the abyss, in hell, you think these demons on earth is bad? 
you haven't seen the worst of the worst demons. They're going to be unleashed when the restraint is taken off in 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. I've been doing a teaching on that in our church, talking about the future fear, which is the Antichrist, the man of sin, he's called, the son of perdition, he's called. He's called the man of lawlessness. He's called in the book of Daniel, the little, he's called the that that evil horn. And uh, he's uh, going to be unleashed on this earth. He could be in the Middle East right now. And he's going to bring peace in the first three and a half years and dupe the entire world. And uh, he's got to bring them in some way. And uh, there's a lot of leaders that's tried to bring peace on this earth. Menachem Begum, he got knocked off. Anwar Sadat, he got knocked off. Martin Luther King tried to bring peace. He got knocked off. But this man uh, going to come to the Middle East. And it talks about in Daniel 9 how uh, he has uh, no regard for a woman. In Daniel chapter 11, what does that mean? He has no regard for a woman. That means that he'll either be a homosexual or uh, come off as a pope type person, uh, but he will be celibate and he will have no regard for a woman because his mission will be possessed by the, the devil and he will be on, uh, demons will be unleashed behind him and Satan will put all power in him. And that's what it says in the book of Revelation, he'll, the dragon gave him all power. And one of the reasons why, and it says that, let me say this, and it says the, the dragon gave him all power for the whole world to worship him. The Antichrist will be involved with demon devil worship. And somebody says, well, why is uh, devil worship growing? Because it's conditioning people's mind to get ready for the coming of the Antichrist. He's coming. And the book of Revelation doesn't mention the Antichrist, but Second John, First John 2 does. And uh, it mentions it set several times that there are Antichrists in the world now, and there's one to come. That's, what, that's the future fear. And he's going to be the embodiment of all of the false teachers, false Christs, false prophets. He'll be the em embodiment and the culmination of all them put together. And he will make them look like a little toy in a crackerjack box. That's how frightening that he will be. Now, there is going to come a future fear. He could be in the Middle East right now, being nurtured by Satan, and could pop up anytime. But there's going to be a chronological order according to 2 Thessalonians chapter 2. Look at it. 2 Thessalonians chapter 2 lays out a chronology. And I'll teach on that sometime about that chronology. Now, it's going to, he's going to appear on the earth. There will be a universal genocide. Now, I mentioned at the beginning of this message, listen to me carefully now. I mentioned at the beginning of this message about a local uh, genocide that's taken place in the Bible and there locations in Germany, in its location. But when the future fear comes, the Antichrist, the man of sin, the lawless one, 
This will be a universal genocide, not only in the Middle East, but it will be worldwide because he will gain that type of popularity. And it says, because he will dupe the world with peace and end the wars in the Middle East. Nobody's ever not been able to do that. And the political world, the religious world, and the cult world, the false religions, all of them will be duped by him and the demon religions, all of them. And they will look at him as the future savior, the future Messiah that has come. And after he dupes them for three and a half years, the last in the middle of the three and a half years, he will turn against the whole entire world. He will turn against the false religions, the false cults. He will turn against politics. He will turn against all of them. And he will demand of them and command of them according to Revelation chapter 13, verses 17 through 18. He will uh, command of them uh, to worship him. And if they don't, he will have them killed if they don't take the mark of the number 666. The number 666 is a incomplete number. Seven is a complete number. Six is incompletion. Seven is completion and perfection. He'll want to get seven, but he will grab one six, another six, and another six, but he can't get to seven because only God can get that number. Now, he will convince men uh, with power and imitation and false miracles like the two witnesses in Revelation chapter 11 and verse 5. You remember the two witnesses that were martyred? They perform wonders and miracles and signs. He'll imitate those two witnesses in Revelation uh, chapter uh, 11 and verse 5. He will be a masterful imitator of everything God is because Satan has always wanted to be like God. He will do great signs, as it says in Revelation 13 and 13. Uh, he will duplicate the miracles of God on the supernatural level, like it, in Exodus chapter 7 and verse 11, when the Magi's did that in front of Moses. Uh, he will also erect an image in Revelation 13 and 14 that will uh, make an image of himself, and it will speak. You know, people say, how in the world is that? Well, I'm sure a lot of you, when you went to Disneyland, gone through the haunted house, they have this little lady that talks and her mouth moves. It can easily be demonstrated. And so we see that Revelation 13 and 15, he speaks, and he speaks several times. He'll have a mouth to speak through the media. That's what he will do. And in that media, he'll start to blaspheme the God of heaven and all the Christians. But there will be a massive murder universally. You think it's bad with the men that I've mentioned in the past? You haven't seen nothing yet. When this man of sin, the son of perdition, the lawless one, when he comes on the scene, he will turn this world upside down. The only one that will be able to stop him 
is the Lord Jesus Christ, and he will cause as many to be killed who don't take the number 666. And uh, we know that uh, one will not be able to buy, sell, go to the banks, and to uh, have accounts unless they give in to the number 666. And But the only one that will conquer him, I'll say this in closing, the only one that will conquer him is Christ. And we need to keep our eyes on Christ and not the Antichrist, because he will defeat him one day and cast him and the false prophet and the beast into the lake of fire. And that will they will be there throughout eternity. Say this, this prayer with me as we close. Dear Lord, forgive me for not following you and committing my life to you. Lord, I want to totally surrender to you, so I will not give in to the Antichrist spirit today and to the Antichrist, the future fear to come. He that has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says unto the churches, Brother Gary. All right, well, it's time for us to take a commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. <clears throat> My name's Gary Bell. Once again, thank all of you who have been praying for Contending for the Faith for these many, many years. We know it's because of those prayers that we're still on the air. And so we thank you tremendously. We thank you from the bottom of our hearts because it's so important uh, that this uh, prayers are going forward. This is a prayer-driven ministry, and we need those prayers, let me tell you. Also, we want to thank those of you who have been so generous over the years and have supported us through your financial giving. Uh, right now, we have a $369 deficit that we got to retire before the end of February. And we know that there's somebody listening tonight that can actually make that pledge and take care of that for us. And uh, with tax season coming up, many of you are going to get a refund. Have already gotten your refunds, maybe. Maybe you want to consider that, uh, gifting those things to contending for the faith. There's so many ways that, um, you know, as God puts it on your heart to give. And so just encourage you to do so. You can... Uh, Address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. That's Contending for the Faith, <clears throat> P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Now, the second way is so much easier. You can just go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org. And click on the donate button, and you'll be a blessing for time and eternity. Uh, we just have a couple of announcements. We just want to remind you that, uh, or let you know, rather, that next week we'll be starting a new series dealing with the essentials of the Christian faith. And we just want to encourage you. This is going to be a tremendous series. Um, we want to encourage you to let your pastor know, let, let your uh, other 
church members know that this is something every Christian needs to constantly revisit. We need to know what we believe and why we believe it. We need to know the uh, the essentials of the faith. You know, we need to know that Jesus Christ is God, and where we where we can prove that from Scripture. We need to know how to demonstrate the doctrine of the Trinity or give a definition of the Trinity. There's so much heresy in the church around that essential doctrine. So many people misunderstand it and um, really mess that up. They try to apply it or explain it. And so we're going to break all of these essentials down. There's so many of them. And it's every Christian's, uh, you know, really responsibility and and imperative to know these things. So we want to encourage you. Let your friends know. Tell you tell your your uh, church members to tune in next week as we begin this exciting series. Also, Dr. Buckner on February twenty seventh, he's going to be on a guest on Craig Roberts' show. Um, so we want to encourage you if you're uh, listening to your radio on the twenty seventh between five and six p.m. He'll be on the air. You know, Dr. Buckner actually got started on Craig Roberts. Uh, that was kind of the inception of the concept of contending for the faith. When, and once he was on that show, things began to move. And next thing you know, Dr. Buckner had his own show. So we always think of Craig Roberts as, as uh, a good friend of contending for the faith. And Dr. Buckner, myself, a big promoter of what we're doing and supporter of what we're doing. So we want to encourage you to listen to uh, Lifeline. February 27th from 5 to 6, and uh, you'll hear Dr. Buckner. He'll be giving more details as we approach that date. All right, Dr. Buckner, ready to uh, hit these phone lines. Let's do that, Brother Gary. Sounds like a winner. All right, we have Brother Rick on line one. Brother Rick, how are you doing? I'm blessed. How about yourselves? I'm truly blessed. Always good to hear your voice, and... uh, uh, what's on your heart tonight, my brother? I got two interesting questions. The first okay. question has to do with the Rastafarians. They claim the name of God is John, J-A-H. Mm-hmm. And the question is, is, is there evidence of that in the Bible? And how can we refute that? Okay, well, let's deal with uh, your first question. That's a very good question. Matter of fact, I just, uh, for research purposes, but... Uh, went to the Bob Morley movie and saw that. There's a lot of lessons to learn uh, in that uh, movie. Uh, in case anybody interested in going, uh, you know, Bob Morley, he started off uh, in the Catholic Church and then he got influenced by others to become a Rastafarian. And uh, a Rastafarian is considered a cult. Uh, because they were influenced by Holly Selassie. And Holly Selassie uh, was a person who uh, taught the people that uh, he was the uh, incarnation of God and uh, told the people that Christ was not the incarnation that he was. And he was the emperor of the Ethiopia from uh, 1930 to 1975. And he said he was the second advent of of Christ. That's what uh, he taught. So, um, and they use the word Jah a lot in the movie as well. Now, uh, where they get this word Jah at, the only place they get it at, uh, it comes up in Psalms uh, 
uh, 68 and verse 4. Uh, in case anybody cared to look that up, it comes up in Psalm 68 and verse 4, where it talks about sing unto God, sing praises to his name, extol him, and rideth upon the heavens by his name, Jah, and rejoice before him. Now, what uh, the Rastafarians don't understand because they don't understand Hebrew and the Hebrew language. They look at everything from the standpoint of uh, uh, English, and uh, the Old Testament is a Hebrew book, and the New Testament is a Greek book. And so if you don't have a basic working knowledge of the Hebrew language and the Greek language, you can end up eisegeting the scriptures, and that's what they do. Now, um, so but let me say one more thing uh, about this, too. Uh, that Rastafarians, uh, they combine parts of Bible truth and Jewish religion with the teachings of Marcus Garvey, who believed that Haile Selassie, the emperor of Ethiopia from 1930 to 1975, was the second event of Christ and God manifested in the flesh. That's blasphemy against the teachings of uh, the Bible and the Lord Jesus Christ. Now, uh, so let's deal with the word job for a little bit because we got to address the uh, Rastafarians from the standpoint of witnessing to them and say, do you know what the word job means in Hebrew and what the writers are trying to say? And because that's very important to understand everything in its context, because that's important. Uh, uh, and and job is the shortened uh, version of YHWH or Yahweh or uh, Jehovah. So Jah is a biblical name for God, but it uh, represents uh, YHWH or Yahweh. And uh, also, it is another thing I want to add to that, that uh, Jah is most of the time, a lot of times translated in the Hebrew as Yah, Y-A-H, and is it is the abbreviation of Jehovah, Yahweh, um, and it's also um, can be interpreted as hallelujah, hallelujah. So when you got hallelujah, you have at the end J-A-H, so, uh, and hallelujah is the meaning of praise of Jah, which is used in the Hebrew to give God the glory. So that's important that we understand it from the standpoint of uh, the Hebrew language. Uh, and when we communicate it to the Rastafarians that we make sure that we, um, you know, make sure we understand it, not only in the context, but in the, the Hebrew language and what it's referring to. So hopefully that gives some insight into that, that your first question. Does that help you out? Uh, yes. Uh, during, the, during the Great Tribulation, the uh, people are going to be forced to take the uh, number 666 to uh, be able to, to engage in economic commerce under the Antichrist. Mm -hmm. Is there any way a person can, uh, can uh, renege that and repent and seek forgiveness? Well, that's a good. That's another good question, brother Rick, because uh, it's very important for us to. We need to understand everything in the light of what uh, the scriptures is trying to uh, tell us, uh, and 
once a person uh, takes that number, uh, 666, according to Revelation 6, and then uh, Revelation chapter 13, uh, once they take that number, they are giving homage to uh, Satan, and they've sold their soul to the devil. And once you've done that, and you have given homage, and then had an opportunity to, to change, because uh, the angel from heaven is dispersed out and is witnessing. You have 144,000 and plus a multitude that uh, is uh, the sea, number of sea, and, and there's people witnessing, and they're rejecting their messages, and they're warning them about the number 666 and people taking it. And these people that are taking it have sold their souls to the devil, and they have uh, no desire to uh, turn back from it because they want to, uh, they, they're dealing with a lot of people, you know, sometimes will put uh, living and their living conditions and surviving over truth. And these people say, oh, I'm not going to let anything get in the way of my banks and my food and uh, housing and uh, all this stuff. I, I dare not. And I'm going to stick with this number 666. So they don't have no desire to repent. And then it's hard for them too because they've been possessed by the devil. And that's the, the bottom line to it. So if one takes the number, there's no way that they're going to have the opportunity to repent because they've sold their soul to the devil and they've been uh, witness to. They have no desire to change. And they just will go along and, uh, the lake of fire with the enemy and be there throughout eternity. So two good questions. Like thank hell bent. What's that? The hell bent. Yes. The hell, and that's a good way to put it. Hell bent. <laughs> yeah. And hell sold out. Yep. So thank you so much. Do you have any prayer requests before we go to a commercial? Uh, oh, yes. I, I just want to give, I just want to give thanks uh, to the Lord for restoring my continuing to restore my health and uh, that I gained strength. Mm -hmm. And I also want to pray for the uh, the ability to organize the Bible study that I'm going to have over at Cadence. Mm-hmm. Okay. And I'm hoping to approach it. I'm, I'm hoping to approach it in a way that uh, they could uh, they want to open up the Bible. Mm-hmm. I want, I want to describe it as a roadmap, that okay. they know where they're going with it. Mm-hmm. And, they want, they want, and, and, and if you have the heart for it, You'll go for it. Amen. All right, Brother Gary, we'd like to lead us in prayer on this. All right, so Lord, we just thank you for Brother Rick. We pray, Lord, continuously for his health, that you would strengthen him physically, spiritually, mentally, and emotionally, Lord. Be with him. We pray, Lord God, that you give him a double portion of your spirit, Lord God. Lord God, that you would help him and give him supernatural wisdom, creativity, imagination, in favor as he teaches the Bible study at Cadence. We pray, Lord God, that those in attendance would be receptive to the word, that it would not turn void, but that which you intended, that you would use Brother Rick as a light in a dark place. We pray, Lord God, that you give him the word to express uh, the message that you're going to give him. We pray, Lord God, that you would be with him and we give you praise and glory and ask these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, it's time for us to take that commercial break. We'll be right back with more of Contending for the Faith. 
You're listening to Contending for the Faith on AM 1100 KFAX, the spirit of the Bay. Welcome back to Contending for the Faith with your host, Bay Area pastor, lecturer, counselor, and expert on the cults, Dr. Jerry L. Buckner. And as we mentioned before in the last segment, we always want to thank you for your prayers. We want to thank you for your support. We want to thank you for being so faithful to this ministry for so many years. We've been on the air for 20 years. And it's because of your prayers and it's because of your generous financial support. There's two ways you can donate. You can address a check or money order to Contending for the Faith, P.O. Box 553, Tiburon, California, 94920. Right now, we need $369. That's all just to complete the month of February. So we, we know somebody tonight listening could easily take care of that pledge for us. And we, we know God's going to bless you as a result. Um, and then the second way to give is simply go online to contendingfaith.org. That's contendingfaith.org and click on the donate button. And it's that easy. It's that simple. So we want to encourage you tonight as God leads you, as God has blessed you, be a cheerful giver and help us out. Maybe uh, you are expecting a large amount from your tax return. You might want to consider sharing that with the ministry that keep us on the air. Dr. Buckner and I do not receive, we do not receive any funds that are donated. It goes all back into the ministry for airtime. And that's been the case for the last 20 years. So we've been doing this um, and God blesses us, we know, as a result. And so we want to pass that blessing on to you, you know, because we believe that God can outgive God. And as you give, he will bless. He'll you know, we do a thing at our church each year at the beginning of the year, in January, because we, we believe in tithing. That means to give a tenth, that God gets 10 percent of whatever you make. You get the 90 percent. But I want to tell you at our church every year we give out a three month, 90 day guarantee. If you've never tithed, we promise that if God doesn't meet all your needs in that 90 days, we will refund your tithe. And you know what? In the last seven years, nobody has asked for a refund because God is faithful. So I want to encourage you tonight, if you have not decided to tithe, if you call yourself a Christian, you know, God says, you know, that we are to start with the tenth. He owns everything. But we start with the tenth. And it's an act of worship and it's an act of faith. Are we trusting God? As we give him 10%, we're trusting him to take the 90% that he left us with and stretch it far beyond that 100% we had. And he will do that. He will, as Philippians 4.19 says, our God shall supply all of our needs according to his riches and glory through Christ Jesus. So he's faith. Test him and see in this area. And that's, and that's what we do at our church. We, t- we just encourage people, look, try it. And see what happens. And uh, we give them a 90-day guarantee or you're tied back. And nobody has ever asked for their tithe in, in seven years. So also want to encourage you that uh, next week you won't want to miss our new series. We begin to discuss the essentials, uh, essential doctrines of the Christian faith. And, you know, this is, it's essential that you know these doctrines. It's essential that you're able to communicate these doctrines it's essential that you know what you believe and why you believe it. So we're going to give you that opportunity to, to know these essentials of the faith 
and you really want to show up next week with pen and paper in hand and ready to take notes or, or to download the uh, podcast because it's going to be an exciting series. Also, Dr. Buckner will be on Craig Roberts' show uh, February 27th, Lifeline, between 5 and 6 p.m. So we'll be talking more about that as the approaches. All right, Dr. Buckner, we had Alfred, who uh, had a question off here, actually two questions, two-part question. He says, how can you be sure the Bible is true? And then the second question is, how can I become more spiritual? Amen. Two good questions, uh, Alfred, and we always appreciate your good questions. Uh, well, let me start off by saying this first about how can we uh, know, uh, how can we be sure that the Bible is is true? <clears throat> because uh, Jesus uh, said it was true. Uh, he said, sanctify them through thy word. Thy word is true. So Jesus confirmed that the word of God is true. And he spoke of the word of God <clears throat> many different times. And then the uh, early church uh, confirmed that the word of God, and they have the surety <clears throat> that the word of God was true. And I'm going to build upon some more things on this in a few minutes on this. But um, in Second uh, Timothy, uh, chapter, uh, I would say chapter two, two, oh no, yeah, chapter three, actually, Second uh, Timothy chapter three and verse 15, he talks, it talks about, uh, the, and that from a child thou hast, uh, known the holy scriptures. This is Paul talking to young Timothy. Uh, which are able to make thee wise unto salvation through faith, which is in Christ Jesus. And he says, all scriptures, now he was letting him know, uh, Timothy, all scriptures is given by inspiration of God and is profitable for doctrine, for reproof, for correction, for instruction in righteousness, that the man of God may be mature, perfect, thoroughly furnished unto all good works. So, the word of God is true because Jesus said it's true, and uh, he lived, and they uh, saw Jesus. They Jesus turned the world upside down, and uh, they saw him after his resurrection, uh, over 500 brethren after his resurrection, and they uh, the Bible is true because they died not only for the sake of the truth of the, of the gospel, but they died... Uh, for the fact that they saw Jesus and loved him. And, and they you don't die for something unless it's something true. So, uh, but I would say on a, another level too, that we know that the Bible is true. And this is kind of like easy for people uh, to grasp uh, from a, uh, a broader perspective is, uh, I'm gonna give you an acronym uh, and the acronym is MAPS, and you might want to mark this down, Alfred, and those who are listening. Uh, the acronym for MAPS is uh, Manuscripts. The M stands for Manuscripts and the acronym for MAPS, and we've had over 3,000 or 5,000 different manuscripts that have been discovered, and uh, there is no contradiction in those manuscripts, uh, and uh, uh, like 
any other literature, you know, you can look at the uh, literature and writings of Socrates, um, Aristotle, Anaximander, and Anaxandrus, great philosophers. Uh, you can look at uh, Shakespeare's uh, literature. There's contradictions here and there in their writings. But the Bible, uh, it's no contradictions. There's consistency. And then uh, the A in the acronym for MAPS is archaeology. The archaeology confirms the validity and historicity and authenticity of the Bible, the locations, the places uh, that the Bible predicts. And when Jesus was born, uh, they found the coin of Caesar, uh, you know, and they talked about even Jesus' death. And Josephus talked about his, uh, the historian, talks about his resurrection. The early church talked about his resurrection. So archaeology uh, go all the way back to findings in the Old Testament, New Testament. I believe the Shroud of Turin is uh, evidence of Jesus. Uh, there's been nothing to debunk it, you know, the Shroud of Turin. Uh, and many other archaeological findings. They're still trying to figure out 14,800 feet, the ark up there, uh, you know, in Turkey. And uh, John Mark Montgomery went up there with, you know, his uh, son, and he wrote a book in search of Noah's ark. He had about seven degrees, uh, and they were able to say that they located it. Uh, the search for Noah's Ark, the archaeology is astounding. And then you have the P in the acronym for uh, maps is prophecy. Prophecy from Genesis to Revelation. And all of it, half of it has come true, and still there's some to come to pass. You know, I talked about in 70 AD when the temple was destroyed by uh, Titus, the emperor of Rome. And there are so many other prophecies that have come to pass that's just astounding. And uh, then the S is statistical probability. And when you have over 40 different authors, you know, over a span of 1,500 years writing, and they all are from different countries and continents, and, and they're all like, different backgrounds and occupations, and yet they're all consistent with their writings about Jesus and what they were inspired to write. I mean, the, the, it's just astounding. All of that information on the maps, and that, that's a tremendous way to witness along with the other the things. And I would say, uh, get the book Joshua uh, McDowell, Evidence That Demands a Verdict, Volume 1 and 2, and he lays out a lot of stuff, Joshua McDowell, on evidence that demands a verdict, volume one and two. I have it in my library. If you want to go further with this and get more detail in the manuscripts, archaeology, prophecy, and statistical probability, get those two books because they're astounding. Now, I'm going to say something also, if we have enough time, uh, on your uh, next question, how can I become more spiritual? And I'm going to let Gary say a few things, and then, because uh, he did a good teaching on continuing with the faith about FaceTime, I'm going to let him say a few things on that, and then I'll uh, say some things on it as well. Brother Gary. 
Well, I think it's important that, you know, how can I become more spiritual? Um, you know, the reality is that God has called us to be set apart. When we talk about be holy, because God is holy, you know, part of being holy is being a set apart people. And so spending time with God is part of that formula that when we spend more time with Jesus, we become more like that we become set apart, that God has called us to, to be, be with him, to be in relationship with him, to be, to have intimacy with him, to know him. The reason why we pray, you know, people have a lot of reasons why they pray. They pray a lot of times in the intercessory mode because they're, they want to pray for other people or they pray for something specific that they need. But the reality is when we pray, we want to know God better. When we read God, it's to know this God who saved us, who loves us. And so when we talk about how can I become more spiritual, well, that's where it begins. Like Dr. Buckner mentioned, FaceTime. Uh, David wrote in the Psalms, your face will I seek. In other words, he wanted intimacy with God. And so I think that's the, the, the best place to start. Are you, are, you, are you praying and are you spending time with the Word? Um, I think that's that's where it begins. So I know time is out, so I'm going to let you take it from there, Dr. Buckner. Good, good word, Brother Gary. Appreciate that always. And uh, you mentioned uh, two key things as prayer and uh, getting into the word and getting the word into us. And once you get into the, uh, the word of God, let me just kind of lay out this and then we'll turn it over to Gary. Uh, I have a PowerPoint that I've, I've used in the blessed churches in discovering how to really develop a stronger spiritual personal life with God. And when you get into the word of God, and I'm going to lay out these W's real quick. So when you get into the word of God and you make it a commitment to study the word of God and you have prayer around that first, uh, and when you get into the word of God, then you'll start to discover another W, which is the will of God. And when you discover the will of God, thirdly, you'll discover another W, the ways of God, how he wants you to walk. And then a fourth W is the works of God. And then a fifth W is the worship of God. But it all begins with what Gary was talking about, and I'm talking about now, is getting into the word of God and getting the word of God into you. And then uh, I, I want to add this too, because this is really important, uh, that you got to be consistent with your faith, consistent in the Word of God, and you got to also um, be accountable uh, to a pastor and leader, uh, a, a, a strong spiritual leader in the church, because you want to check in with them to hold you accountable on your growth. And then you want to be able to add to the prayer and the study of God's Word is meditation. You got to, if you want to grow spiritually, you got to meditate on the word of God. <clears throat> People say to me all the time, uh, how do you get so good in scriptural memorization? I said, well, the two M's, when you meditate, it le meditation leads to memorization. But if we're not accountable to anybody, then, you know, on a daily basis, you should have a, a spiritual a, partner in the body of Christ in the church that you can call on and say, you know what, check in with me and make sure that I'm growing. 
And that's a tremendous way to do it. Brother Gary, I'm turning it over to you now, brother. Gary. All right, well, we've come to the end of tonight's exciting broadcast. And we'd like, we'd like to thank Vince, our engineer, and you, our listening audience, for being part of tonight's program. Please keep us in your prayers until next week at this time. And we will once again give you the opportunity to ask questions, make comments, and dialogue with Dr. Buckner, always with one purpose in mind, to equip, exhort, and better enable you to contend for the faith. I'm Gary Bell. May God richly bless you.